Latinx in Social Work, episode 97 of the Social Workers Rise podcast. Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. This episode is proudly brought to you by the RISE Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. We are here with Erica Sandoval. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, you did. Thank you. Great. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. This is a conversation that's been months in the making, so I'm excited that we're finally able to sit down and talk with each other. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. I've been following your podcast and I've been following all the incredible work that you do. You're such a force and I'm so, so excited to share space with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'm flattered that you actually listened because I feel like you're you know, like a big name. You're a celebrity. We have a book and you're all over you know, social media. So thank you so much. You're so, you're so kind. I definitely don't feel like a celebrity, but thank you. <laughs> I'm working so much. I don't even have time to see myself that way in any way. I just, I'm just doing the work. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. I'm wondering, cause this has been, it's off topic, but still fun. Um, sometimes like twice when I've been out in public at restaurants or wineries, people have come up to me and said, are you Catherine with social workers rise? And I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, me, maybe, I don't know. Who are you? <laughs> Have you ever been recognized? Yes. Yes. It's so strange. Um, when I go to events, I see really big smiling faces and, oh, do I know them? And, and then they come up to me. They're like, oh, are you Erica from Latinx and social work? And I'm like, yes. And I'm thinking, my God, did I forget? Did I speak to them? How do I, you know, all these things come up and I'm like, let's be honest with you. I was just recently diagnosed with ADHD and I thought it was due to my attention deficit, memory loss. And I'm thinking, and it's actually because they recognized me from Latinx and social work. And so, and then we start the conversation. So it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah. I imagine it could be awkward too, though. <laughs> but I'm like, oh no, did I'm, I do something bad? <laughs> right. Right. I found that it helps though. Cause usually they come with questions or like a comment. And, um, so it kind of breaks the ice a little bit faster as opposed to two strangers. 
A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's usually so sweet because we then take a picture together and then I'm like, may I post this on social? I'd love to share. And they're like, yeah, you know, it's so great. It's <laughs> yeah. so great. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So you have been busy. You have your Latinx and social work uh, book that came out last year. Is that when it came out? It did. It came out October 6, 2021. Remember that day it was just one of the best days ever. Um, it dropped on that day. We had a virtual book launch and we went number one that same night on Amazon. Whoa. I could not believe it. I mean, when I got the message from our publisher, I was, we were still in the middle of the event and I was just in awe, in awe. I guess it was really needed. And, and that's, that's basically what we're so proud of because it was something that many social workers and students needed. And now we had it and we were serving our community the best way we can. Yeah, that is so amazing. Congratulations. That's, that's <laughs> Thank amazing. You. Thank that's you so much. No, it really, it, it still didn't hit me and it took some time. And then finally, like our publisher was like, do you know that it takes, it takes strategy to go to number one. And you guys went to number one on the first day. You should be so proud of yourselves. And we were just celebrating. And that's when we decided to keep that momentum going and just ensure that we're serving our communities by sharing our personal narratives and connecting and having panel discussions and workshops. And it's been really well received. So we're really, really excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, even professional authors I mean you're a professional author but like the the New York Times bestsellers I mean they can't even do that in one day a lot of the time so that's amazing congratulations I so, didn't even know that Catherine thanks <laughs> <laughs> well I guess I haven't actually looked at the statistics on that but that's my opinion <laughs> that it's amazing I love your opinion. <laughs> and um it can't be easy is is my final answer <laughs> uh so in your books, and you have a new one coming up, right? Let's let's touch on that one. So you had the book come out in 2021, and you already have a new one that you're just putting in work. Tell us about the second book. So this is actually going to be the third book. Um, the first book came out in October 6, 2021, and then due to the popular demand of it being translated into Spanish, we published the second book in Spanish. And it was such a beautiful moment for all of us, or the, all the contributing authors, because we were able to share that with our families that did not read in English. And it was just really special. And after that, I think that I was just in awe of how much love and support the community had for us. And as we were holding them, they were holding us because as they read our stories, they felt like we allowed them into parts of our lives and we were more human and social workers became more human. And I really always feel like we're bringing humanity into the work and to just making sure we 
we're always constantly thinking about people and how we show up in spaces and how we're seen and how we see ourselves. And so many people approached me afterwards wanting to be in the second book. And that's when I said, wow, so I guess we're having a second volume. And that's what happened. We have about 22 additional incredible authors that came and shared their personal narratives. And we are releasing it in October of 2022. And it's going to be released in English and in Spanish. So we don't need to wait for the Spanish version to come out. We're dropping both books in English and Spanish. And it's going to be a beautiful moment because now our collective is stronger because there's 22 additional social work leaders that are joining and sharing our personal narratives and ensuring that students no longer have to share their personal narratives in the classroom while they're learning um, about diversity and oppression and systemic racism, because that's usually what happens. We end up in the classroom talking about our own lives and we end up teaching our, our peers and even our educators. And that's just such a uh, oppressive practice because we're there to learn. And so now they can use our stories instead. So it's been really well received and we're really excited about it. That is amazing. That is so beautiful. That's so awesome. And um, I like the point that you bring up that students would share their stories because so many times our educational system is just based on, on whiteness, right? On the white experience. And so when we talk about diversity, then it, it does put that pressure on them to share their own stories when they might, may not even understand it themselves. And it's, I could see how it would be uncomfortable and maybe even traumatizing to share your story and then for other people to not get it or to be critical or to say, yeah, but, and just um, how, and then you're debating your own personal story as opposed to now this, you have, you know, two books to read from so many experiences. Does that mean it's, I'm guessing it's 40, is it 40 authors then? Um, total have shared their stories? We have over 40 authors that have shared their personal narratives. And, and you know what it is? I think that in my corner of the social work world, I feel like I'm chipping away at the bias that Latinx and A social workers face. Um, what, can, been, can you break that down for us, Latinx yeah. and A? So Latinx slash A so what we want to do, so when I first started using Latinx and social work, I did get a lot of heat for it. They were saying, why are you taking away from our culture? Why are you not calling us Latinas or La Latinos? And, and I really wanted to stand true to my, to my beliefs that we want to be very inclusive of all individuals and especially individuals that are non-binary and that identify as um, Hispanic. And, and, and so we started using Latinx. Um, and then further on, we really heard more from our communities that were outside of the United States that they didn't really kind of identify with the Latinx. There's no 
that's not how they are identifying. So they started really kind of sharing that they prefer Latin E. So in addition, it could be either or. And so what I wanted to do is really be more inclusive. And so this second volume is Latinx slash E in social. So to really kind of ensure that all voices are heard and to honor everyone, to honor all of us. We're not a monolithic group. We're so unique and there's so many differences. And this is what it's about because a decade into my career, I saw how many ideas were routinely dismissed and I did not want to do that. I wanted to really listen and ensure that everyone heard, everyone felt heard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it reminds me of that concept that I saw in your book, taking up space. And so I'm wondering, you know, if you can tell us a little bit about your experience and what do you mean by, by taking up space and how has that been for you or, you know, some of the authors that, or the people that you've talked to? Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now bonus TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an introduction to suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Do you love horses, nature, and being outside? Do you dream of having a successful career working with horses and helping humans? Horse Therapy Center of Canada provides certification and professional training to mental health professionals like you who want to launch a business or career in equine-assisted therapy. With three different delivery methods, you can become an equine-assisted therapist in as little as four days. For Social Workers Rise podcast listeners like you, my friend, Horse Therapy Center of Canada is offering you up to $700 off of their certification and training programs. So don't wait. Start your career in equine assisted therapy and learning today, check the show notes for how you can get started. That's a great question. So in my career, I saw how many times my ideas were dismissed as I was sharing and then praised when a white coworker appropriated them later on. 
how I was passed over for promotions in favor of a white colleague, how I was routinely the first Latinx social worker or even social worker of color my clients ever worked with, how I was the first person on, on, a, on a board that identified as uh, Latinx. And it's lonely and it's infuriating and exhausting to constantly be aware of the discrimination and not have the same be true of white majority peers. And as I shared my personal narratives with others, they also shared theirs. And I said, wow, so this is not unique to me. Everyone has a different, unique experience. And the underlying factor is that sometimes spaces aren't created for us. It's not routinely created for us. And so we may not have the voice to walk in and own our space. We may feel a lot of feelings. We may come up with feelings of um, imposter syndrome. Um, we may feel that we really do not belong. We might be really doubting ourselves and our skills. So really owning your narrative and being confident and learning how to take up space and walk in into spaces that were predominantly not made for us and creating that space has been an incredible journey. And we know that many people that are still struggling with that. So we wanna be able to support them as they continue to, to really walk through their own journey in that way. And I found solace with other social workers that also shared the same experience. And as they validated my experience with the microaggressions that I experienced in school, in the workplace, and they shared their same similar slights, I, I totally knew that we were onto something and everything that I envisioned was going to make an impact because this isn't for us to um, call people out. It's for us to call people in and for them to lean in and to be curious and really learn from our experiences as a person that might have caused the harm and or for a person that may be feeling like, did that just happen to me? Did what she say or he say just happen and really doubting themselves validating that yes, let's name it for you. And now let's work through it. That's so powerful to be creating this space for people who have felt um, like less than, right? So it's really powerful what you're doing and what you're creating. You are giving the Latin X and, and I'm sorry, Latin X and Y community? <laughs> Latin X and slash E. Slash e. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Cause I'm thinking E the sound of Y in Spanish. E whatever. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're really giving, you're making space for these conversations, for this culture, for this population in a space that has traditionally not been welcoming and acknowledging and um and uplifting but now you guys your the latin x and e community is being celebrated and i think that is so powerful so amazing you are such a inspiration and a role model for up and coming um, people and students 
when you were talking, you had mentioned about, you know, all of the different challenges that people face or that we need to learn how to overcome. It sounds, it sounds great, but like, I'm, I would kind of wonder, you know, for someone who is struggling with those issues that you just touched on, what would you tell them? Like, what, what would you, if you could reach down and say something to them, or I'm sorry, not reach down, reach over, because we're all equal, reach over and say something to them. You know, what would you say, what kind of words of encouragement or tips would you have for them? You know, it's so interesting, Catherine, because, you know, definitely it's just meeting them where they are. But at the same time, sometimes we do have to pull someone up because they may not have felt amplified or not not have been seen or not have been heard. And that's really what happens across across the world. And so we have like our young our young uh, professional social workers that are entering into white academy. And they're the only ones in the room. And there's not many people that look like them. And then they are um, being taught by a professor that doesn't look like them, that is usually white. And the institutions are predominantly um, led by white individuals. And so it can feel very lonely and infuriating, especially if the their own, their own experience is not being validated. So I would say to really find people that you can connect with and you and you can trust and build community. Talk about what you're going through. If you can find someone which has a similar experience, find a mentor, find someone that you can share this experience with and they can validate your experience and help you through navigating the different times that you might experience a microaggression. I know that I often had incredible friends that were very attuned to these uh, moments. And so when I shared what happened, they were like, oh, yikes. Yeah, that's that's hard. That's difficult. You should probably share how you felt with a person. And I said, I'm not ready. I'm so not ready. I'm still processing. I'm like, okay, whenever you're ready, you should consider talking to them. And, and sometimes it's worth it. And sometimes you may not feel like it is. Because it could be that one-off person that you'll never see again. And you're going to be like, why didn't I say this? Why didn't I say that? But then if it's someone you work with or someone you're in community with, there is a way that you can approach the situation and not make it confrontational, but make it more of a conversation for them to lean in and for them to hear where you're coming from. And it takes time. It's I usually hold... Uh, workshops that are called navigating difficult conversations. And I always say one stick to the example, focus on exactly what happened. Try not to put too many feelings in because you want to stay focused. And if it gets too heated, walk away and say, you know what, perhaps this isn't, perhaps we just need to take a pause and we'll come back to this afterwards. But because it could also leave someone feeling defensive and then their defense mechanism will kick in and it might be anger or dismissive and then it's more harm. So just honoring that. And if it's something that is happening um, at work and it's with someone that has a more superior position, quote unquote, 
you really kind of want to think about where the safe space is for you that you can really go and talk about this experience. And so it doesn't continue to happen, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot of courage and I'm not going to knock that. It takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of support. So find the people that can support you. Even a, a therapist that is aligned with your culture and identity can really help you navigate moments like this. This is what I this is what I often talk about in my clinical therapy practice. My clients usually come to me specifically based on the work that I do, and this is a lot of the work that we do in in our in our safe space, which actually translates to other parts of their life where there this may be happening in a parallel in a parallel process, if that makes sense. Yes, it does make sense. I love that. I love that, Erica. So we have talked about a lot today. Um, I'm wondering, you know, overall, who would you say your book is written for and who should be reading this book? So overall, we want to make sure that the book hits anyone that wants to know more about identity, trauma, um, experiences in navigating their career, mental health, because each story is so unique and we're not monolithic. So definitely students that are considering going into social work school or students that are in social work school, definitely uh, individuals that really want to understand what is that we do, because what we want to also do is undo all these stereotypes of what social workers do and are, because we do so much. As you know, we're, we, we're everywhere. We are not just um, social workers that are working in the foster care system or ACS or just private practice. We're everywhere. We're in, we're in the you know, we're in hospitals, we are in corporate, we're in advocacy, in community organizing, in academia. We are in so many spaces in program evaluation, consulting. I mean, the list goes on and on. I love what you do when you like name all of the different roles that social workers can occupy. I love that. And, and there's so much, as you know, the list can go on and on. So anyone that's considering going into social work school, anyone that really wants to undo their own biases and stereotypes of um, the Latinx, Latin a community. And especially if you are providing um, supports to this community, you should be reading the book because our stories will guide you to understanding your own biases and stereotypes. And we really want to ensure that white supremacy is really looked at in a way that we can undo it together. We can undo that together by just leaning in, being curious and wanting to do the work. So it's for everyone. It really is. And I'm so glad that you read the book. Thank you. Of course, of course. I have to support. <laughs> um, so I love this. And I also want to let our listeners know that you do have a podcast as well. Can you talk, tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So collectively, 
the book is an op absolute opportunity for us to share our personal narratives, but many people have asked us to um, put together a book with our personal voice. And it's, it's so crazy because we were looking at how can we do this? How can we record ourselves reading our own story? And it's so expensive. So I decided, you know what, let's start a podcast so we can just talk about our story. And it's been so well received. So it's Latinx in social work and it's on all the different platforms. And what's really beautiful now is that so many organizations are asking us, hey, can you help us find um, bilingual social workers? Hey, can you share this position? Hey, can you do? And so we've decided, you know what, we're totally going to be supportive of incredible organizations that have equitable job descriptions and postings. We'll be more than happy to share the incredible work that you're doing, but as long as it's equitable, as long as you're treating your teams really well, as long as you, because that's everything we talk about. So now we're opening up to incredible people and allies and organizations that are doing this great work and creating a larger community. I can't wait for you to be on it. Oh my gosh, I would be honored. I, I, I don't have the words, but yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. What, uh, do you have any closing remarks, anything that we didn't touch on that you feel is important before we say goodbye? You know, I think that one of the most important things to know is that social work as a whole needs true equity because without equity, our field will collapse. Social workers are overworked, underpaid, even though we provide 60% and can you believe 60% of the mental health care in this country? Sometimes our degrees saddle with us a lifetime of debt and our salaries are barely a living wage and our caseloads are so heavy. So I wanna make sure that everyone knows that we are here, we hear that and we really wanna make that change for not only for our profession within the Latinx community, but for our profession as a whole. So just know that anyone that is listening, you are so essential, you are so valuable, you matter, and find someone that can mentor you to make sure to help you honor your worth and step into spaces that may not always feel comfortable, but you make that, you make that space yours. Thanks so much for having me, Catherine. Thank you so much, Erica. You're such a beautiful soul. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars, and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast 
are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.